This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And welcome to the Wednesday program. Thanks for understanding that we were kind of out of pocket, but still in pocket a little bit on Mondays. Took the weekend to have a little vacation over in the Dunedin Clearwater area, and that was a blast. But we were certainly keeping an eye on what was happening with the bowl situation on Sunday and, of course, on Tuesday with the Board of Trustees meeting, which included a big-time day and. We will cover it here in full. So we never did a show on Monday. That means we'll still hear from Alex Golish in our second segment on, oh yeah, the next game for the Bulls, the bowl game against Syracuse in Boca Raton. What a fun day that should be because women's basketball is going to be about a half hour away and you can catch both if you want. Get ready to hear from Michael Kelly, Jay Stroman, and as I mentioned, Alex Golish. And in our second segment, we'll also tell you about the season continuing for volleyball in the NIBC. And as a matter of fact, We will be going to Statesboro, Georgia. By the time you hear this, we're probably getting ready to hit the bus or already on the road to Statesboro to call the NIVC action with volleyball against Georgia Southern. But man, did their season come really close to ending on Saturday. Speaking of being in Dunedin, we were actually at the boat parade, my wife and I, Jen. And yes, I was watching the boats, but you know, at a boat parade, it takes about a minute or two between boats. So that gave me plenty of time to sneak an eye onto the phone and watch how close that match was. Again, volleyball in our second segment. Alex Golish on the bowl bid in our second segment. But let's start off with the day. And even though he did not use the word renderings right away, Michael Kellett called it a site plan as we started to understand that here were those first renderings of the future on-campus stadium that people were so excited about, including yours truly. And projects I've been involved with throughout my career to have a situation based on when Chairman Weatherford first challenged this project, but to be standing before you today to already have 86% of a $50 million goal reached, to have a finance plan and budget approved by this body, and to have the loan actually approved by uh, the Finance Corp here at USF is tremendous progress. And while we're so excited to be able to share this continued progress. so. With that, uh, with all the work that's been done, I want to be able to kind of give a little bit more uh, vision as to what's going to be happening in, in, in the days and months ahead. So if we'll go to the next slide. This is uh, basically an overall site plan. So it's always good to kind of start back and, and a few things I want to point out that we've not yet talked about as a, as, as a body or as, as a university. First off, just to get back to the focus of the location, remember that it's historically Significant. This is just uh, just immediately to the north of our existing Morsani football practice complex. So just kind of getting your orientation right. And again, remember the historical relevance being that that's where our USF football team 27 years ago first had their first practice. That's where we started, right? And so to be, as we talked about you know, over a year ago, to be able to put our forever home right there on the site where the first uh, athletes put their blood, sweat, and tears onto the field is a really, really cool thing. And when we talk about the groundbreaking a little bit later today, I have some really cool ideas about how we can get everybody involved in our history to be something special about that. But again, this is immediately north of the Morsani practice fields and the Porter Indoor Performance Facility, so you got to get a, a good feel for that. The next thing I might point out that you'll notice, which is probably different than people anticipated, is the east-west orientation of the field. Uh, a lot of folks, you know, about 70, 75% of stadiums in the country go, go north-south. Uh, when we 
took all this feedback from the 60 listening sessions, one of the things that came back a lot was trying to be able to maximize, you know, fan comfort and team comfort as best we possibly can. And when our teams did various sun studies, prevailing wind studies of how things are at different times, it made great sense for us to be able to go east-west. So at those high noon games, in essence, the tower of what we'll build and the way we're focusing it will put uh, pretty much our whole sideline in, in, the, in the shade uh, and obviously get, I'm not saying it's going to be cool in the in September by any means with the winds, but at least getting every every degree better that we possibly can is a, just a good way. So I like the strategic and intentional thinking about doing this and how it kind of helps us with the with the great, great feedback we got about maximizing our shade and comfort, at least at this stage in our design is one major principal step we can make to kind of t- continue on that. Now, hopefully we can paint the picture, but you really should head to GoUSFBulls.com and the story on it has links to even more photos and that kind of thing. But the three slides that were shown, first of all, the overhead view of just the, as he mentioned, east-west direction of the stadium and how essentially off of 50th Street from the east, that is where the stampede is going to happen. And that is the USF Federal Credit Union Champions Way, a $6 million gift being announced yesterday, taking the goal of raising $50 million publicly is now just $7 million away from happening, which is phenomenal. Yes, the east-west leaning of the stadium and that west end is going to be the ginormous student section, which already looks great. We spoke about it on Bull Speed Ahead. We'll play some clips from Bull Speed Ahead here in just a second, but I would urge you to listen to the whole show because, man, oh, man, I've never seen anything like it on social media as far as the response overwhelmingly positive you know i saw listen there's always going to be some people that are upset about something and if they're not upset they won't say anything they'll just wait until they're upset again Uh, one point was when will weatherford mentioned the board of trustees meeting well at least will gets it he's the only one that is going to actually say something public and keep us updated and let us know that there's something happening i would uh say that this was from october the 31st on bull speed ahead publicly lots of good work being done i think we're, we're working hard to make sure we have a, our next big update during our board of directors meeting that first week of december okay. uh, to give our, our trustees and ultimately the public a, a good uh, snapshot in terms of the path that we're heading but uh, it's coming so if you listen to this stream and this podcast you knew it was coming and it actually came yesterday and it was awesome to see the photos and like i said the response and again bull speed ahead we'll stream it plenty of times you can get it online on our podcast page that's go to spotify or soundcloud amazon or apple Podcasts. the south florida bulls radio network is the search it's already up at gousfbulls.com so a lot of questions and that was the awesome thing and a lot of great questions were asked and we'll get more into those in just a little bit but one thing that was on the if you want to call it negative side news this week that the university has terminated its agreement with barton milo of 14 14- $0.8 million design-build agreement. Instead, the school will publicly source a replacement construction management firm, which apparently is going to be Populous, which has been working with this project to begin with. But with that factor and with, well, you're going to hear it from USF Foundation CEO Jay Stroman, the 2026 opening, or at least hoped opening of the stadium, is now pushed back a year. So what did we learn during this phase, and what did we accomplish? Well, we learned that we wanted an on-campus stadium by USF for USF. We also learned that the global supply chain reality drives the timeline. Now, I remember 
almost two years ago when several of us got together with you, Chair Weatherford, uh, and we talked about this concept of bringing this transformative project uh, to the university. And we all said, hey, could we get it done by 26 or 27? We all much prefer the 26 timeline because, of course, we want it here. We want this uh, transformative project here on this campus. But as we went through the design phase and really studied all the scenarios and all the things that you have to do to make sure not only to get the stadium built, but actually to have it ready, run through it, up and going so we can have the best experience uh, for everybody that, that comes to it. We now know that 26 isn't a reality for the entire project. 27 is is the goal for the stadium project, but we do see a pathway forward to our Tampa General Center for Athletic Excellence uh, in 26. Because of the global supply chain reality that I know all of you all as business men and women face uh, and really understand, our owner's rep team came to us with a suggestion uh, to change our delivery method. Got to tell you, this had to have been the most watched board of trustees meeting at USF of all time, and he was great to hear. And also Will Weatherford, of course, who was running the whole thing very smoothly, I got to add, had his thoughts. Michael, Jay, thank you all for uh, leading this effort. It's been a journey uh, now for, for a few years and a lot of planning, a lot of effort. Um, I just have to say, I think the stadium looks just incredible. And I had not seen the, the most recent uh, renderings that you guys just showed. And um, I think it just looks dynamic. It looks modern. It looks incredible. I think it's something the student body and uh, the, the Bull Nation can really get behind. And I, I'll just say to all of our fans out there, it's more important that we get this right and that we do it the right way than we do it the fastest way. And so, you know, I, look, I'd love to play in that stadium in 2026. We all would. I threw that date out there at the very beginning of this. I kind of knew that was probably an unrealistic date that I was pushing. But if we had started with 2027, it would have ended at 2028. And so these are big, complex projects. And to build something of this scale and of this magnitude to do it the right way in the world-class nature in which we're trying to build it uh, is going to take time. And so I'm, I'm just excited about it. I think it's going to be a world-class facility that we can not just host football and lacrosse events, but concerts and all kinds. It will activate this campus in a way that it's never been activated before. So I just, I'm excited about the direction, excited about the groundbreaking in 2024, looking forward to future renderings during or before the spring game. And um, just appreciate there's a team of people working on this here at the university. Um, and, you know, we have the financing in place. Everything is happening. This is going to happen. And so for people who've been saying, you know, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? This is going to happen. Pretty awesome gentleman to have leading that charge. Now, I mentioned all the questions on social media. One was, is there going to be a Will Weatherford statue? Uh, we lightheartedly addressed that. But some of the more significant questions when it comes to all of this First of all, you just heard, groundbreaking in 2024. We bring that up on Bull Speed Ahead, so check out the whole half-hour show. I knew it wasn't going to be the 15- or 20-minute version on Tuesday because we had a bowl game and this to speak about. But here's a few-minute clip of the show where we get into what is going to open in 2026. It's going to be very important. More on the student section, and we start off with that whole area of campus and how incredible it's going to be. Oh, there's 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 tennis, there's track and field, the Yingling Center in the background, uh, the Corbett Soccer Stadium, the IPF, and that takes me to my point of this, and I know you've talked about it on this podcast before, this district, this athletics district really starting to take shape when you see these renderings. Yeah, it's phenomenal when you take this view that we offered from the northeast high sky, kind of the blimp view, you know, before the, before the game, it just kind of shows just the, what I keep stressing, this 
that's a really fine athletic district, one that's really elite as it relates to its efficiency. So I keep thinking about future bulls, just the efficient operation they get to have to get all their academic service, all their medical service, all their mental health services, all their physical training, and their and their competition site all being right there and <laughs> within a couple hundred yards of each other. And quite frankly, there's just not many people that can offer that. So I was thrilled with it, and it's it, it, again it keeps back to the theme that this is by USF for USF and it's unique and it's different and it's about us and that's what's exciting about it. Uh, one of the other aspects that I think, and again, there's so many questions. Listen, everyone wants every question to answer today and there's uh, three more seasons to go, not including the one that's currently not finished, uh, but the, the student section, it seems like uh, right now, Raymond James Stadium, it is on that one end, but this will be even more pronounced. Yeah, what I like about this, I mean, yeah, we put the state, we, we put the students in certain sections at Raymond James, but this is a, is a is an entire section that's being designed exclusively and, and strategically for them mm-hmm. based on the feedback they provided. So it's got lower level seats for those beef stud kind of guys. It's got standing room kind of areas that people kind of walk in out in the stadium in and of itself, which is awesome. And then there's, you know, a, a variety of standing and seating options throughout the rest of the thing, an area for the DJ to kind of have his or her place to kind of get the crowd going. So that's going to be their place, right? It's just a place that, uh, and it has kind of a unique design feature with the bullhorns at the top that will still continue to refine as we move forward. But when you're standing at midfield or going in for a opposing team trying to go into a for a game-winning touchdown or something at the end, and you see this wall of bulls and actually a section that's almost built like a bull it is really, really cool. It looks really <laughs> incredible. And it seems like a, a natural thing, the bull horns, but to see to actually see it, that's why we're so excited about it. It looks intimidating, and it's just a photo yeah, right now. I really can only cool. imagine what it's going to be like. <laughs> now, part of the news today uh, that uh, we have spoken about in the past, the idea was 2026 or 2027. So explain in general why it's it's going to be yeah, the, the latter. really just some supply chain issues in terms of knowing that we couldn't get all the things uh, – in and ready to do, or at least not in time. Even if we could have got it ready for physically built before the 26th season, it would have been so tight that when we really revi- really evaluate it, it's like, man, we got to make sure we, we put a, our best foot forward as it relates to the operations and knowing how the building works. The last thing you want to do is make a bad first impression. So yeah. like Coach Wooden used to say, you're, we're going to continue to be quick but not hurry. Let's do it right. Let's make sure we can train and, and get the facility thought through as best we possibly can. And so that's why, you know, the first games, if you will, will be in 27 and September. Hopefully we'll get it early in that late spring, early summer, when we can at least start getting getting things worked out and make sure we can train properly for it and everything else. But as part of it, we also talked we, – we unveiled some renderings of the TGH Center for Athletic Excellence, which will allow us to, uh, you know, be kind of the forever home of, of football and lacrosse. And, and we – uh, see a pathway to move into that in August of 26, which is what Coach great. McCord and Coach certainly most Coach Golish have, have wanted to do uh, all along. So that that's great. Oh yes, lacrosse is going to have a pretty cool home. Mindy McCord, the head coach, already put out a video with both of her assistants, including husband Paul, on how big of a day Tuesday was. You know who else did? As he was getting ready to fly around and see some recruits, a pretty busy man, Alex Golish, with his response. Yep, it was a pretty big day, and he's got a lot going on. You know, National Signing Day is December 20th, the day before the Bulls' next game. Now, we are going back a few days. Again, we did not do a show on Monday as I was taking a little time off, so some of this information is a few days back, but I think, you know, football and volleyball having postseason games to speak about warrants us going back a few days. Yeah, volleyball, an incredible victory 
in round two of the NIVC, and they are playing Thursday night in Statesboro, Georgia. Yours truly will be there for the call of that one. Coach Golish on the bowl and a volleyball update. We'll also have some women's basketball and men's soccer notes when we come back on Bulls Beat.